Hi friends, I'm Erin from Whalen Farms and Erin Whalen Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey. From an urban farm in Washington State to 100 plus acres in Tennessee, this is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we are building our homestead from the ground up. Well, hello friends. It is good to be back. I know that I missed last week. We have had just a series of just sickness and we lost a cat suddenly last week and the kids were coughing and I couldn't function and we were sad and there was a lot of emotions. (laughs) So I kept on saying, I'll just be a day late. I'll just be a day late. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm only me. I don't have a podcasting team or anyone else to assist me. And I was like, I am taking a mom moment here and we're just recouping and working within our house to make everyone feel better, to build everybody back up and to kind of get a level ground for our uh, feet again. And so that was what we did last week. So thank you for allowing us to do that. As you can probably hear, I still have, I feel so much better But I definitely still have the little stuffiness and everything. So if I sound a little off, I am feeling good. So that's a plus. I was really only bad about one day where I was feeling super horrible. And I I took my fire cider, some shots of apple cider vinegar. We always keep a pot of just steaming water on the stove. And sometimes I'll put essential oils in there, but sometimes I won't. I just, whenever me or the kids are coughing a lot, we'll go over there and we'll just breathe in some of that steam and I just continue to pour water in it to keep it level all day long and it is such a relief it it helps so much to break apart because you know it's it gets so bad when you're congested and then it's the air is dry because I think everything kind of turns into a glue so instead of a like a sorry this is total real life talk here but I feel like it is helpful instead of like a a mucus that you can cough up or get out it turns into this thicker substance that you have a really hard time getting out of your body and that's when you can get sinus infections and so many different things can happen and so if we can keep water and um, hydrate ourselves yes but that's it's really hard to drink a lot uh, fluid when you're sick, I find anyhow. Um, but if you can breathe that in and just keep things moving and keep your coughs productive and keep your blowing your nose productive and get that crud out of there, you have a turnaround so much quicker. And that's just kind of what I find. So whenever someone's sick, that pot comes out, we fill that water up and we just put it on there. And the kids know they'll start coughing quite a bit. They'll go over there. You know, obviously, if you had smaller children, be careful and cautious and be there with them or just use a humidifier instead. We also have a humidifier going, but it's just something about that warm water. My children obviously taught them. They're old enough. I watch them while they do it. So it's not, you know, caution, I should say. I I have to, you have to be so careful when you say things out in public nowadays because everyone's just going to take, some people take things as the gospel truth, which if you are here with me, please take nothing as the gospel truth. (laughs) Please do your own research with everything I say. I know I talk a lot of holistic things and kind of crunchy avenues and things like that, but I am not a doctor. I just know what works for our family and what I have seen played out and has been recommended to, to me by people I trust. And that's generally how I, I mean, I do a lot of research myself too, but it's the one-on-one connections that I have with other people and just being able to chat with them and then trying it out in real life and seeing its success. That's why I, I speak about what I speak about. But everything, you know, people 
process things differently or things might work for some people that they don't for others. And so just take everything with a grain of salt. Um, I'm sharing what I know, but I want you to use your discernment before you just go ahead and execute anything I say. But I think most of you guys here, we're all pretty much on the same wavelength as far as that goes. But I just kind of wanted, I was going to write out this whole itinerary of what I want to talk about today. But truthfully, my brain, and I don't know if it's just being sick or whatever, but it's just, I've got a lot of different thoughts. So how about you just grab a coffee or tea or something else, and we're just going to have a very random homesteading chat. I was talking with a friend the other day, and it just kind of got me thinking how we were talking about different things we use in our house or different things we ate or incorporated in our diet or just how we cleaned. And it made me realize that there's a lot of things that I think each individually we each do that are so different than probably what is very typical or standard. Um, And so sometimes I forget to talk about things because it's just so normal to me because I've been doing it for so many years now. And I'm like, hey, there's other people that may also want to know about this. And so I thought, why not just kind of chat about that? I'm also, you guys... I hear you. Um, I'm going to be better about adding links to the products I talk about or um, if I have a blog post associated with it, I'll try to add those links to the bottom. I'm usually in a rush to get this out that I don't input the links in the bottom and I know, I honestly do a lot of my shopping from links of people I trust um, through social media, through Instagram, through everything else and I love to use those links from those people because I know it does bless them um, when you use it. There's usually like an affiliate commission or such and it's just they have gone through and compiled all this information for you and so it's just kind of like a it's just a way I would like to bless them. Plus, it's so helpful to me to be able to be like, I remember her talking about that. I saw her use it. I'm going to go grab it and I know where the link is. So I'm not scouring the internet forever. So I'm going to try to be better at that um, here. I've been trying to be better at that on Instagram, keeping them all in one spot um, because I always, you know that feeling when you want you want this one thing and then you go try to find it and the, the person has not made the link easy to find or they forgot to tag it or save it and so you're super frustrated Um, I want to avoid that. So I'm going to try to just be more respectful of your time and giving you the information that you can access if you choose to at the end of the show or under the show. So it's in the show notes and I'm on Apple. So but usually when you scroll down, there's like the three dots you can click to expand and it shows you all the information down there. So and if you can't find that, let me know and I can also send you links. Um, The best place to usually converse back and forth with me is um, on Instagram, Erin, E-R-Y-N underscore Waylon underscore online. Um, And I will leave the link to that as well in the show notes. Um, But yeah, so let's just get into it. This week, I got so many questions about, so we butchered our pigs. And we on we did not butcher them ourselves, which was the original was the original goal. When we got the pigs, it was kind of a random happenstance thing. This lady was moving. She had a bunch of little piglets. She thought she had them all sold. I was getting milk from her at the time. Um, but they were leaving the state. And so I was like, you know, if anything falls through with some of those pigs, let me know. Um, a pigs would be, I felt at the time, you guys, everything is such a learning experience. <laughs> I felt at the time that I'm like, pigs, so simple. You get them in the spring, you send them off to be butchered in the fall, you have them for just a few months, easy peasy, right? <laughs> that was what I thought. Um, I never grew up doing pigs. We always did steers, so cattle um, was the main thing. And my grandma and my grandpa had this 
thing for a while where they went into doing rias and emus and even ostriches. So I grew up gathering eggs from rias and emus and put them in, putting them in she had this whole hatching shed and so we'd go in there and we'd candle the eggs and check to see if they were fertilized and we'd help them um, put them in the hatching area when they started to pip and then if sometimes they'd have wonky legs we'd help grandma put the um, popsicle sticks on them and we had the the rear run I'm telling you guys this is random today but I've been always into farming and into that it's different in different ways but never with pigs and I was telling my parents I was like out of everything we did and everything your parents did why never pigs and they were like because we grew up doing pigs and we decided we never wanted to do them again and I was like that's odd you know as I have these two cute little piglets that are running around and they're so adorable um but as we just sent our pigs off yesterday oh um, we're going to have to have a better setup next time or it might have to be a couple year break because pigs are a lot, you guys. They're very destructive, very destructive. And I know that there's different kinds of pigs. And so I think I would research more. But like I said, she kind of called and she said, um, my milk lady, and she was like, I have two that fell through. The guy didn't come. You can have them for 100 bucks each. You know, come and get them if you want them. And I was like, OK. So I ran and got him and put him in like the big dog carrier or something. And we brought him home. We kept him in the chicken coop for one night. <laughs> we had the chickens just out free ranging. Um, and then we made a pen. And and so we were just like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as we go. That's kind of my motto in life, which I feel like leads me into these opportunities of learning and growth that I wouldn't otherwise if I wasn't just like a yes girl sometimes. But also it's it's good to have discernment and be like, you know, this is a live animal and these two live animals and we're going to be keep taking care of them for a while and maybe I should do some more research. But regardless, we got them. Um, and they, I think they are probably, we're, we're guesstimating they were probably about 300 pounds a piece since we had two. We had a male and a female. The male was castrated. Um, you do not want like a full-blown male if you're going to be butchering it. That's too much testosterone and you don't want brotherly and sisterly love. That's also not cool. So, um, so we honestly, I don't even know what breed they were. I think a few people have tried to tell me different ones. One of them was black. One of them was brown. But she's just like, they're butcher pigs. And I was like, well, but what's their breed? And she was like, they're butcher pigs. And I was like, okay, cool, sure. Um, and so one of them was named Tiny and one of them was named Bronco. The kids named them. But anyhow, I got, I got a lot of questions about... Um, people who are dipping their toes into homesteading or this is their first time, maybe they're not, they haven't grown up around animals and they want to do a butcher animal, um, but they, they're they worried for their kids, which is completely understandable because kids grow up with dogs and cats and pets. And so to, to bring in this cute little animal onto your farm and say, hey, you know, we're going to only have this for a little bit of time and then this is going to be our sustenance for the winter and what is going to sustain us. And so we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to butcher this animal and explain the whole, not the whole process, but I'm just saying it, getting them to comprehend at whatever age they are. And some children are so different with developmentally what they can handle at a certain age. It's so individual, but just really my whole thing is transparency is best. I really feel like our kids can handle more than we give them credit for. And to have open conversations with them about how life works at a young age, 
I believe is really important. And I, I believe in tailoring it to each individual child. But death and life, it's it's all part of life. And I think that they have a right to know that. Um, and so, and so, you know, I grew up around it. And so when people ask me, I it just, it was always a thing. It was never like, it was just always a thing. I don't remember ever sitting down with my parents having a chat of, you know, this is going to not be our forever animal. This animal is only going to be here for a little while and then it's going to be butchered. Like it was just something that I grew up around. And so it, it wasn't a thing, but I can understand introducing a child into a way of life that they have never been part of before and saying, hey, listen, we're going to kill this. You know, and I'm probably going to get some person yelling at me on Instagram. But if you eat meat, you really, I don't feel like you can come at me for this because I want to be a whole, I want to be a part of the animal story in which I am drawing my sustenance from. And I want to know that it was cared for well, that it was loved on, protected. It was honored on the time, in the time that it was here on this earth and um, that it had a quick death and that it fulfilled what I believe it was placed on this earth for. I believe in a God who has given us the animals of the earth to take care of and that he gave them to us for sustenance as well. And so, you know, you can debate or, or be in different wavelengths or, you know, maybe, I don't know, I might have a random vegetarian or vegan on here, but um, that's how we do it here. And even honestly, like, I'm not a huge meat person. It's just, it's not for any other reasons besides just like texture and things like that. I'm just like not a huge, huge meat person, but my husband is and my kids are. My kids grew up loving steak, which was not just was not me. Um, I, I'm fine with chicken. Like, give me chicken. Give me tons of vegetables. Give me some spices and some like sauces. Give me some tortilla chips. I'm good. Right. Refried beans. <laughs> but my husband and my kids are like meat, mom, meat. And so that's OK. And so um, and so I sat the kids down because even though I grew up around it, they did grow up in neighborhoods and it wasn't something that we had ever done before. We've had chickens since before they were even at our house. Like me and Travis had chickens before we even had the kids and cats and dogs and everything else. So they grew around that and they did witness death. The chickens would die. A cat would go missing. You know, that's just life. Um, as ever, However sad it is. Having animals is knowing that at some point in time you will lose them. Whether it is from the process of butchering, from old age, from an accident. Any living animal or any animal that you bring in will die. And most likely before any of you or your family. And so that's a hard truth, just walking into getting something, you know. And, and so we just told the kids, these are for us to eat. These are, these are pigs that we're going to take care of and we're going to love them while they're here. And we're going to treat them well. But this is our dinner because I would rather know my dinner and, and feel the hurt when they're gone and appreciation for their life than to just anonymously go buy something from the store. And I understand we're all in different phases. I have gone to the store and bought meat many times. But when we were, grew up, it was my grandma always had a cow and we butchered it every fall. She had a huge field. We don't, we'd do half a cow as a family. She'd do half a cow or she'd do a quarter and give some to her friends. So like we were always, we always had butcher cattle. Um, and so there was a, po- there was a point in time in our early marriage where it wasn't as important to me. There was just so many other things going on and I was not in the section of my health journey that I'm on now. Um, but 
as I had kids and just like knew more about the meat industry and everything, I was like, you know, this isn't, this is important to me to source locally my meat. And so I, we would buy, we bought half a cow in Washington and we got um, a chest freezer and we put it in there. We went in with a few other people and got half cows. Um, when we moved here, I found several local different um, farmers and we would get beef from them. And so pig just felt like easy, quick, a few months turnaround, you know, cattle you're keeping for one to two years, depending on how big you want them to get, all that jazz. And so this was just lower commitment rate. And so that's what we did. Um, and so the kids, honestly, they did really good. I think just setting down the stipulations at the beginning of this animal will not be here. This animal is not going to live here forever. They're serving a specific purpose. And... Um, and I want you to know that going into it. And so, sure, they played down there. They hung out with them a little bit. They threw apples to them. But you have to understand, it's not, it's not the same relationship that they would have to a cat or to their dog that they play with. And they, they developed this really deep connection relationship, too. The pigs were something that they visited with. They had responsibilities and chores. They watered them daily. They helped feed, maintenance, that kind of stuff. But... There was never that emotional connection, even as they have to our chickens. You know, there's, and it's funny because the guineas, they don't really have that emotional connection to the guineas. They'll count the chickens and the guineas at night, mom, a guinea's missing again. Because the guineas don't let them come up to them. The guineas don't allow them to touch them or catch them or play with them. They're very wild. And so it's not the same as the baby chicks that they watch grow up from the beginning and they can run out there and grab, you know? And so same with the pigs. The pigs were really cute when they were little. But as they got bigger, they were more aggressive too. And they did kind of scare the kids because a pig, a pig is not going to do what a pig does not want to do. And so there, for safety reasons, we never allowed the kids in the pig's pens. Once the pigs got to a certain age, we're like, nope, you stay out here. I know that there's a lot of kids that do 4-H and FFA and they will show pigs, but I don't know how to train my children to do that, nor did we have the time, nor was it something that was a priority. Um, and so it wasn't something that we did. So we said, hey, you guys, you need to stay out of the pen you need you know, water and everything, which they could do through the fence, feed, do over the fence, but don't actually go into their enclosure. Um, and so there was a separation there. It just, there was not the same bonding. And so when we got the trailer and loaded the pigs up yesterday and everything else, I think I probably had more, probably the, the biggest emotional response out of the whole family. Travis has hunted his whole life. And we're not callous about it. It's not like no one was sad because we're always sad when an animal leaves and when an animal dies, whether it is for our sustenance or by an accident or old age. Having an animal that you have tended and put your hand to die hurts. It hurts, friends. But I would rather feel the hurt again, like I said, than, than feel like I get a pass by just buying some steak at the store that's no name and I don't know how it lived or the life it had or anything like that. Like, I don't, I just don't want that. And you have to think as well. Um, I, and this, you know, again, this is hearsay. I don't think it's hearsay, but you would have to do your own research. Feed and everything, especially for the large corporations who, or the large farms that are doing meat in mass, you have to know that feed and everything, inflation has not just hit us, it's hit the farmer. And so a lot of times they can't, they're, they're barely making an income off of their cattle anyhow. And so when prices go up, sometimes they can't afford to feed the better food. And so they are, they are adding in cheaper, cheaper feed 
And so you're getting a lesser quality product at the store and you're getting a less nutrient dense product at the store. One cut of meat from one cow can be completely different than another cut of meat from another cow. Uh, it's, it's very simple. It's very simple. What a cow eats, you eat. And if that cow is fed well, you eat well. If that pig is fed well, you eat well. If it is not, if it is not cared for well, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be shown in your food. And whether you know it or not, that's affecting your overall health. And so not just for the fact that I want to honor that animal, I don't want to feed my family junk. <laughs> and I don't think that this is a problem that was as relevant when our parents were growing up. I think this is a very, I think there's always been slimy people in every industry, but I think more and more with the price of things, everyone's trying to cut costs and find ways. And I feel like we're paying for that. We're paying for that with higher priced food with less nutritional value. And so I would rather pay, you know, these pigs, they're, they're going to cost us more per pound than going and buying a store pig. Travis and I calculated it out the other day and we would do several things different next time to make it more cost effective and cost efficient. But you live and you learn. And until you do it once and go through the process, you don't know how to make it better. Yes, you can consult other people. Yes, you can talk to those in the industry and they can help you. But firsthand experience doing it yourself is really the only true way to know how you would change something the next time. Um, and so... The, just the whole circle of food right now is I want my eyes on it from seed to harvest, from being born to dying. And you know, the, the next thing that we want to do, I'm sorry, I had to cough. The next thing we want to do is, honestly, we had wanted this year to be able to butcher ourselves. Our goal for the next time would be, I don't want that last trip from the farm, and I don't want to take them to a butcher. I just don't want that added stress on the animal. And I also don't want to, I want to be able to know how to do the whole thing. And so there is a course that I think um, some gentlemen have, I believe they're from Oklahoma. I'll have to try to find it. Um, but they do these classes on um, the family pig or the family, I think they even have like a goat the other day. They show you how to butcher, so you go there. And I believe it was around, 1500 don't quote me it was like a three-day course and but I think you got to take some of the meat back with you but they go through the whole process of how to um, humanely kill the animal I should I shouldn't say kill how do you say that there's I know how it is uh, there's a there's a different better word for it not cold that's like for anyhow there's a so they put the animal down and then they show you how to the whole steps on butchering the whole process of how it goes um, what you need, the items available, how to hang, like just everything. And I really want to be able to go do that, or not me. I want Travis and Tyron to go together. So my son Tyron, he's 10, and he said he wanted to. That's another thing with kids is you really, at that age, you let them be as involved in the process as they want. If we were to have butchered at home, I wouldn't be like, here, you have to watch this whole thing. Evelyn has a bleeding heart for animals, and she would not want to be a part of that. So you know what? That's fine, Evelyn. You go on inside. If Tyron wanted to be a part of that with his dad, he has the opportunity for however long or however many stages, and then he can walk out like, it's okay. We're not going to press anything on them at that age. They get to experience what they want to experience and the end. Um, and so our goal is to be able to do the whole thing at home, but we definitely kind of 
we, I don't know, we, I felt like we thought we'd be further ahead come November and be able to be more well-equipped, and we just weren't. So we had to outsource the butchering, but we will see next time if that's something that we can actually do in-house. If you guys have any more questions about that, definitely send them my way and let me know. Um, that was the biggest thing is how do you involve your kids or how do you just let them know ahead of time? And I just think transparency honesty from the very beginning you know if you got an animal and you have her four or five months and then you're finally like listen we're gonna put this animal down next week because this is our dinners for the rest of the year I mean can you imagine the shock on that poor child like it's not funny giving letting their little minds adjust and wrap around things from the very beginning is the best thing um okay let's get to some lighter subjects I didn't think I'd spend 24 minutes talking about that but here we are apparently I had more to say on the subject than I thought like I told you guys my brain this is just like kind of crazy lately um another good place if you don't have a local butcher or um anyone in your area that you really know or Maybe you're like, I want to research that, but I just don't have time yet. A really great place to find um, not only meat, but just a good overall source is Azure Standard. Um, and I'll leave a link for you guys in the show notes for this. But so I've been using Azure for year for years. My my mom used it. So she was like one of the OG Azure people. And so basically you make an order and you can add to it throughout the month. But it, there's a cutoff date. And at that cutoff date, there is a drop off point somewhere somewhere around your area. So you can look up to Azure, you put in your zip code and they tell you the drop-off points and the dates that these drop-off points occur. And so then you go in and you make your order, it cuts off at a certain point, and then they package everything, get it together, and they drop it off at this specific location on the specific day. And everyone who has made an order goes at that time and they pick their order up. So there's usually like anywhere from 10, 20 cars, and you're all converging at the same time, separating out and picking your orders out of the back of a semi. And how they do this and how they structure it makes it so that they have a really good quality of products. I purchased butter from them. I purchased wheat. I haven't purchased meat because I have done local, but they do have They've got a bunch of different organic meat to choose from. I purchased tortilla chips from them, pizza sauce, kind of like right after we moved here before I was able to get my garden going and be able to can things myself. We were in that intermediate phase where it's like, I want good quality products, but I just can't, I can't make them myself right now. And so Azure is just a great, and I get my salt from them. You can buy your real salt in bulk from them. You can get your flour in bulk. So it's just a really good place to find quality ingredients and, and honestly, like people with large families like to shop there too, because you can get big bulk items kind of similar to Costco. Um, and it's just a really, really good resource. So I will link that below. Um, and then also I want to touch on cleaning because I know this time of year, um, it's just kind of, it is the sick time of year because we're all indoors more. There's so much sugar everywhere and sugar definitely compromises your immune system with Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Like it's kind of the indulging season. Um, which take, it gives your immunity, I mean, it kind of smacks it around a little bit. And um, so it's, I think our cleaning kind of goes up because we want to get all those germs and everything. Um, and we're just inside a lot more, right? We're just inside. And so I used to truthfully be a pretty big, like I've always, I haven't ever had tons of stuff in my cabinets. Like if you were to pull my cabinets open, I don't have a multi-purpose cleaner. I don't have window cleaner. Like I don't have a lot of what I think people would standardly keep in their cabinets because I just don't see a, I honestly think it's just marketing. I feel 
the ha- most of 99% of the cleaning aisle is literally a scam of the and all filled with all these weird artificial scents and just chemicals, chemicals and cancer. <laughs> when I go through the cleaning aisle, all I see is chemicals and cancer. And so what I really love and what I found um, last year was called Force of Nature. And I don't know if you have heard of them before, but they are such a great, great cleaning company. And it's like, it is kind of like a multi-purpose. Um, but what it does is it, it electrolyzes salt, water, and vinegar together. And it has this little, um, you put it on the counter, plug it in, and you fill it up with water. And then you put the solution in there that is there, the salt and the vinegar. And you turn it on and it uses electrolysis to transform the ingredients into an effective bacteria, virus, um, and germ killer. So it's it just takes three ingredients that you have and then does some sciencey thing together. And honestly, like it's crazy. Okay, so I know a lot of people who don't like to clean with vinegar because they don't enjoy their home smelling like vinegar. And I I get it. You know, I honestly use vinegar as a last resort in my cleaning because I am very fueled by not only aesthetics, but smell. I think a lot of people are. I would rather have something not smell at all than smell like vinegar. And so I'll pull it out when I need to, but it's usually not my first, my first grab. But Force of Nature, it does, okay, this might be weird, but it does kind of smell like bleach, which not, not as strong as bleach. And it is, it's it's not the same, like it's not bleach. You guys will have to, I'll link it. And they have some amazing sales going on right now too where you can buy these bundles and they're trying to be very eco-conscious. So they're trying to get rid of plastics and use like glass bottles. That's how I have most of my stuff in spray glass bottles. You guys, I love them. They clean so well. So it does not bleach as in color. So the nice thing about that is I can spray it on fabrics. I can spray it on the couch. I can spray it on a stuffed animal and it's going to clean and disinfect it, but it does not pull color from anything. So it is amazing, you guys. Like I cannot, I love this stuff and it is so cost effective. So you just buy the little tubes and you fill it with your water. I use my filtered water because like if you have, um, a, like hard water or anything like that, you can probably get some buildup in the little machine that it uses to electro, electrolyze. <laughs> I'm going to say that wrong um, to do the little sciencey thing we're talking about. But um, so I just use my filtered Berkey water, put it in there with a little squeeze. And so a little bit goes a long way too. I use a squirt bottle and I use it everywhere. I use it on my, I have I have separate bottles in different locations of the house. So I'm not running around and grabbing the same bottle and I can never find it. Um, I use it in the bathrooms. I use it on the toilets. I use it in the sinks. I use it in the kitchen. It, you can spray it on the counter. I used to use, again, like first newly married, I used to buy those Clorox wipes and use them like they were going out of style. And then I did some research and realized that put to the test, they basically don't work. And they're very toxic as far as you're supposed to wipe your counters with them and then wipe your counters off with water like one or two times to remove the chemicals off your counter before you cut your food on them. And I am not doing that. And it's very, I feel like, bad for the environment to have these disposable cloths that you're using and don't even work and are bad. They're just bad. Um, And so I stopped using those years ago and um, found the force of nature early last year. So it'll almost be... I guess almost a year now that I've been using it. I feel like it's been longer. I 
love it. I cannot say enough how it's basically the only thing that I buy. I do that and I do still have a bottle of bleach that I will use sometimes in specific instances. But besides that, those are the only cleaners I have in my house because I just haven't found the need for anything else. If something is stained, a lot of the times I will give it a wash and while it's still wet, I'll take it outside. I'll put it on the clothesline because the sun is a great alternative to bleach. I used to, I did cloth diapers with Tyron and even like with the poo, I know this is going to be really gross, but you would take the cloth diapers, wash them off, rinse them and everything else, put them outside to dry, and the sun removes the stains. Sometimes it took a couple times of doing it outside to have the stains gone, but it did. And so it's especially great for like preventive. So my husband has white shirts that he wears under his work shirts. And if you are just consistently out there, every time they get washed, putting them out there and drying in the sun as much as possible, you're not going to see that yellowing over time that you do even if you did use bleach, I was a big proponent. I would dump bleach in all my white loads and they would still yellow. But when you use the sun, it's just, it helps so much to keep things white and to remove stains and all that kind of stuff. So I will link them back there, under there. I don't know if I said or not, but they're having tons of sales right now. This is a really great time of year. I know that, I know a lot of people use time of year for gift buying, but I truthfully use it to, if I, have products that I use that I know are going to go on sale now. I will purchase things from my home. I'll purchase furniture. I'll purchase, you know, cleaning supplies and things like that and bulk up for the year because if it's a great price, yeah, maybe I'll get that for a gift for someone, but I'm also going to help my pocketbook and get it for myself right now too and buy the packages and save the money and use it for our household as well. Um, and so I will link that below. Highly recommend them. Love them. Um, and then I think honestly, that's probably it for today. I want to talk about dryer balls and the difference between dryer balls and dryer sheets um, and a few other things, but I think this is getting a little bit long. So I'll touch on those next week, but I will link below what I talked about today, Azure, um, the cleaning supplies, and I'll find the guy um, that does the um, butchering classes and I will link his Instagram handle below as well. So you guys can look at that if that's something that interests you. Um, and until next time, I will talk to you guys then. Have a blessed week.